This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Factor. If you want to eat better this year and are looking for fast, healthy, restaurant-quality meals that are ready to eat and easy on your budget, Factor is the perfect solution. Sign and save right now by going to factormeals.com forward slash TV 50 and use code TV 50 to get 50% off your order. That's code TV 50 at factormeals.com forward slash TV 50 to get 50% off. Hi, this is Lucy Arnaz. You're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Roberts and author guest Barbara Feldon. Barbara Feldon, the actress known around the world as Agent 99 on Get Smart. Barbara's new book, Getting Smarter, is a memoir of her life and marriage with Lucienne Verdu, a charming European who opened Barbara up to a life of adventure at a time in her life when she was looking for adventure, but who also turned out to be not quite the man that he presented himself to be. Getting Smarter also includes a host of memories of Barbara's years starring on Get Smart, as well as anecdotes and fond remembrances of some of her other movie and TV roles with such co-stars as George C. Scott, Larry Hagman, Dick Van Dyke, David Niven, David McCallan, Dean Martin, Colleen Dewhurst, Kim Hunter, Tammy Grimes, Alan Alda, George Slaughter, Red Skelton, and many, many others. Getting Smarter is available in softcover and in paperback, barbarafeldon.com, barbarafeldon.com, as well as amazon.com. Barbara's first book, Living Alone and Loving It, also available at barbarafeldon.com, as well as amazon.com. I may have asked this question earlier I did, I apologize for repeating myself. Going back to writing about Lucienne with compassion, and you, you, you gave us a little bit of idea about the metamorphosis of the story. It, it took you a while for you to find the right form and the right way to tell that story the way you wanted to tell it, first as a novel and then realizing the best way to do it is as a memoir. How long did it take for you as a person to get past whatever anger you had with him just as a narcissist and being able to see him the way you do today and the way you do in the pages of Getting Smarter? Well, there were two prongs to it. One was I, I, I never you know, deliberately saw him again after I ended it uh, because I was kind of afraid to. I do have a scene in the book where uh, he's on the street behind me and he calls after me. I, I start running. I almost knock a kid over <laughs> and run into a building and up a staircase and hide and wonder why I did that, why I had that reaction and speculating that maybe it was because I was afraid I'd be pulled back into the charm of him and the excitement of my life when I was with him, when real life as it, as it was, even though it was at the height of, of Get Smart's popularity, uh, was not nearly as exciting as... Um, it had been living a kind of unrealistic dream life with him. Against the backdrop of your of much of your life with Lucienne is um, when you are coming onto the scene on your own as a professional model. Um, you signed with a couple of major 
ad agencies, and all of a sudden, your picture was appeared in major mag- magazines, you know, uh, uh, for advertisements for Revlon, another major brand, and also television. And again, one of the things that clicks in my head, this is the era of Mad Men, you know, 1962, when you're, you're becoming a known face in, in major magazines. Give us a sense of just how exciting it was to be a model during that era. Oh, it, it, was, it, it was the best time probably in advertising. I, everything, the energy, there was so much creative energy going into some of those campaigns. And we, as, you know, as models and people who were, who were doing the commercials, were as aware of those agencies as actors in general are aware of major studios, you know. And we were aware of the creators of certain commercials. They were famous to us just as though they were, you know, great movie writers or something because there was so much... There was so much energy in New York City, too. I mean, the city was at its best. And fashion was, everybody just looked great. And it was going, um, I mean, when I was modeling, it was more the Chanel look with the ropes of pearls and having, you know, having lunch at the Oak Room at the Plaza. It was really dreamy. And uh, that was going to pass away within a few years, and the city would go bankrupt and become dangerous. And who would ever have imagined at that time that that's what would happen? I loved being a model so much because you traveled. I mean, I was sent to Libya to do a modeling job, to France, to... Italy, and that is only modeling for six months before I was put under contract to Revlon to do commercials for them. And um, everything was perfect for the kind of of brain and aspiration that I had at that time. (laughs) Yes, I, I wanted to be an actor, and I was trained as an actor, and I loved acting, but... I loved seeing the world more. I loved reading books more. Mm-hmm. I loved seeing these gorgeous studios where the photographers, uh, you know, performed their art. And I loved the fashion just visually. I, I just loved the variety and all of the ideas that it gave me. Uh, doing a, a television show, which is such a great opportunity and can be great fun, but you're you're on a soundstage, a dark soundstage for 13 hours a day, seeing the same people over and over, doing scripts that are very similar, you know, to each other, and all the time you are being so grateful, especially as a woman, to have a job like that that is going to guarantee that I can support myself. And yet, out there in the world, there was the whole world going on. And I think I felt I was more in contact with a larger world uh, when I was modeling. At one point, uh, I'm I'm trying to remember, you, you talk about the difference between the energy of New York and the either dull metabolism or slow metabolism of Los Angeles. I mean, it's, a, it's one of my favorite lines in the book, you, when, you, when you make that 
comparison. And when you think about it, New York is very comprised, it's compact, whereas L.A. is spread out. And if you have spent most of your life on the, in the northeast part of the country, as you did before you came out to film Get Smart, I, I can understand why you would always be drawn back to New York and why you eventually went back to New York well, I was like 15 years after the show ended. That's a great analogy. I, you know, in a, in a funny way, you can't compare New York and L.A. Uh, because they're as different as different countries are. Mm-hmm. Since coming back to New York in 1977, mm-hmm. I have never stopped missing the beauty that you live in in California where... Bougainvillea is scrambling over all the houses and it's sunshine, especially on a gray light, <laughs> and you were a day like today. And, um, but, and it's nature. And, uh, and the restaurants, you know, they're like so many outdoor restaurants and space. And yet, New York is entirely human nature. It's doesn't offer much in terms of, aside from Central Park, where you go to kind of inhale it, uh, of, of green nature, but it is human nature. And here, surprises can happen any moment you step out of your door because you are not in a car. You're not protected by metal around you. And any day, I think anyone living in a big city like this would agree that on any day that you're out in the city, uh, you can be surprised by some unimaginable thing you see, or it's not always good, mm-hmm. but it, it goes into your brain and it kind of a, is part of your worldview. And, uh, or some delightful brief encounter with a human being. And that's the problem with LA, of course, is that it's car culture. And you're never on the street with strangers. You're going directly to where you're going, and mm-hmm. you know what you're going to get when you get there. And here, you never know. It it is surprises, and the brain grows by surprises. And I suppose that is just why I'm here. That's why she's here, and today she's here with you and me. Uh, that being Barbara Feldon, the actress known around the world as Agent Ninety Nine on Get Smart. Barbara will be back next week for part two of our conversation. She'll share a few memories of working with Don Adams on Get Smart. Plus, she'll talk about some of her other movie and TV roles, and she'll answer a few email questions from you. That's coming up next week when we air part two of our conversation with Barbara Feldon here on TV Confidential. In the meantime, Barbara's new memoir, Getting Smarter, available at barbarafeldon.com, amazon.com, other online retailers, or Barbara's first book, Living Alone and Loving It, also available at barbarafeldon.com as well as amazon.com. The next edition of TV Confidential will premiere next week on this station at the usual time. We'll play part two of our conversation with Barbara Belden. Plus, we'll welcome back legendary record producer Simon Napier-Bell. We hope you join us for that. In the meantime, Ted Robertson, Beth Tony Figueroa, Nana Allen, Phil Grice, and Greg Airbar. thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy, stay safe. We'll talk to you next time on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at 
tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.